Hi, I'm Artem, an IT journalist and the podcast host here at Anywhere Club, and we continue our series about IT all over the world. My guest today is David Nazarian. He is a senior software engineer at EPAM Armenia. He lives in Yerevan and has almost eight years of experience in IT at the age of 24. What's interesting here, it's not something extraordinary for Armenian IT because a lot of people start their career at a very young age. We will discuss how we managed to do so and many, many more things about Armenian IT. But before we begin, please check the website of Anywhere Club, aw.club. It's a digital platform for global community of IT professionals, and you can find a lot of useful and interesting things there. I'm working as a full-stack software engineer, senior software engineer at IPAM Armenia, and I worked there for the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, I work mainly on JavaScript, uh, full-stack backend frontend, and I don't think I can add anything to this. Okay. That's yes. it. <laughs> yeah, you're modest. Okay. Uh, and what is your story? How you begin your career? Oh. Uh, I started my journey uh, eight years ago, my career journey eight years ago. Uh, originally, I started from uh, Tumo. Uh, mm-hmm. Tumo is the place where uh, kids or and teenagers mainly learn their stuff. It's it's not government specific. It's just a uh, how's it? Uh, it's just a foundation. Uh, mm-hmm. Can name it even a charity. And right now, Tumo's biggest uh, location is Moscow, where there's 20,000 kids learning uh, uh, new technologies. So it's not just IT, it's uh, robotics, it's uh, filmmaking, music, public speech, Mm -hmm. graphic design, interior design, 3D modeling, and sort of, you know, newer professions of the post-industrial world learned there. And those for kids, and they have... uh, locations in Paris, in a couple other European countries I couldn't remember of, the, but the biggest one is in Moscow, and then in Paris, and then third one is Yerevan, but it originally started in Yerevan, it's an Armenian foundation, we were really proud of Tumo named Tumo because it was mm-hmm. built in Tumo Park, named uh, after a great Armenian uh, writer Tumanyan, uh, Hovanes Tumanyan, it's his uh, surname. Uh, and that's where I get there. Okay. That's where I learned IT. I get there uh, fairly, uh, very late compared to other people. People usually start to go uh, to Tumo. Back then it was nine, 10 year olds. Right now, uh, Tumo is having kids from uh, starting from six year olds. So you can go to your uh, second uh, mm-hmm. class second year of education in general education in Armenia and mm-hmm. go to the two more simultaneously. Usually classes take after the school time, so you, you can uh, pretty much combine that. It, that's uh, yet another thing kids do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get there when I was 15 first time, and the usual age to get there was uh, 10, 11. And I didn't have much experience with computers. I get my computer, the first computer when I was 14 years old. So uh, 
I didn't knew that was my passion on I'm good at it at all. But then I started doing some workshops in Thomas, some entry-level workshops. And the thing I liked, and which is, I think it's more important, which I was good at naturally, was uh, software engineering programming uh, workshops. And I started attending them more and more, getting more and more advanced levels. So there's four levels. First one is entry-level. I think most of the kids who go to more have entry-level understanding what's every other profession that Tomo teaches off, like right immediately from half a year, year experience, you get all, all of that, at least you get in my time, all, all of that. So yeah, even you, uh, you go to the public speech part, you have a little mm -hmm. bit knowledge of programming, you know, yeah. because you tried it. Mm -hmm. And and I have a little bit experience on public speech, a little bit experience on graphic design, uh, still to this day, I, I remember I can make uh, like Star Wars kind of uh, first thing uh, when when the storytelling uh, the words go like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah I can I make that I in did. After Effects like in five <laughs> minutes because uh, my it's, muscle memory, you know, <laughs> it's a great skill. Yeah, mm. yep. very important. Yep. Yeah, uh, uh, what about I, I hope kids? I got to make real one. Uh, our sorry? kids start, uh, and our kids in this school start learning programming at at the age of ten, nine, ten. Yep, nine, ten is uh, that was the average age when I was joining. The every that was the average age because they started from nine years old. So you can't get there if you're eight. You can get there mm -hmm. nine or older, but uh, not. Uh, later than you're 16. If you got 16 already, you can't join to the Tomo. So that that was the one. And I get there when I was 15 because mm. uh, that was the last trade. Yeah, I can get in. I mean, mm -hmm. I almost missed it. Uh, but now, now is it's a bit changed. So you can join there from six year olds up to 17 year olds. At least okay. in Armenia. I don't know about other locations that are mm -hmm. bigger. Uh, and usually people who get there really early get a really great skills. I've seen people doing public speaking from the, well, we have an experience when the people more younger than me, but way more experienced in public speech, have a pitch for the TEDx kids and the president of the country back then was there listening stuff about our main lake uh, getting issues with, uh, I didn't get that back then, but it's a huge ecolo ecological issue with Savan and they speak about that a lot and there's a president sitting there and it's for a TEDx kids and every year of public speechers like 14, 15 years old and they have years of experience in public wow. speech. Yep. Oh my and God. Yeah, the level is from, it's not like your usual stuff you watch on TEDx, those people are way more experienced in their field, but it's like uh, grad students level skills for them. Mm-hmm. And, and those uh, are just teenagers. And uh, how good was it education? Did you is it help to find your job for, to you, get some really important skills? You know, I'd say for Armenia, for I think for Russia as well in Moscow, it's really you know like a missing Lego part from the education because mm -hmm. in post-Soviet countries we have a lot of a lot of theoretical education, but uh, almost none of practical. So good experience. I'm, I'm a bachelor in robotics. 
Mm-hmm. And up to my second year of education, I didn't know what the people with my degree do. I really well, didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's c- uh, compared to the uh, Tumo where you get there, you don't even understand how to do 3D modeling. You mm-hmm. joined the first workshop and a week after that, you know what those people with these skills you will get uh-huh. do. Yeah. In the real world example, how their routine goes, how they work, how much they work, and sort of that stuff. Which, which programs they use, which uh, the hardware they use, uh, a so, lot yeah. of uh, it, stuff you mo- get right immediately. It's mostly practical, not not uh, theory. Uh, uh, yeah. I'd say it, it, there's a fair bit of theory, but mostly, yes, mostly it's practical. And uh, the pinpoint is that, that you get to the practice right immediately. I remember I joined to the uh, like photography class uh-huh. and I get there two, exactly two uh, workshops. I didn't really like it, but first workshop was... Uh, they gave us cameras, they show us, okay, this is shooting button, couple mm-hmm. other buttons, didn't tell us like how to do the other stuff with camera, there's a lot of buttons on camera, say, yeah, you, you're get on your own and go take pictures of nearby stuff. And that was like a really first workshop. And then obviously they go a little bit on theory, how to do that. And they, from the second class, they looked at our job on the first class and explained what's wrong with every picture and how to fix that, mm-hmm, how to take mm-hmm. same shot, but better. And then I didn't attend because I didn't, <laughs> it really didn't my patient, but that's uh, way it's, yeah. uh, really way it's done in Tomo. So when you got your first job? Yeah. So I was 16 years old. I was attending for Tomo one and a half years and I have let's say, some troubles with Tumo because of my, my programming skills. Uh, I was uh, assistant of a workshop leader. Workshop leader in Tumo is like paid position, but uh, assisting people usually are the peop- uh, the older kids from Tumo who's helping younger people. And I was mm-hmm. uh, assigned to the programming. We have two programming language. One is for front-end development. The other one is general programming. And I was assistant for both. And the guy who was doing the front-end stuff, uh, workshop leader, had his own small uh, outsourcing company. There was mm-hmm. back then 15 people working there, 15-ish. And he asked me, hey, uh, what, uh, do you looking for a job? And I really wasn't. I In my uh, process flow, I never thought, okay, this is going to be my job. I was going to make money writing code. But when mm-hmm. he said that, it's just clicked. And I said, yeah, yeah, I was also looking for a job to have something. And uh, he said, I can get so, to his office. So you started You started at 16 years old and you start yeah. full-time job at 16 years old? Uh, let's say it wasn't really full-time because I was attending to school and uh, everybody is supportive. For that, so I was getting to the to my job at two p.m. and it was okay for the clients, okay for my employee. Mm-hmm. So I, I was still staying there till like eight or nine, but I wouldn't name it full time. So it's more of a part time job. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but yeah, job that nevertheless pays. 
uh, job that helped me get some skills. And you know, it's 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 not really that rare in Romania uh, at that year to start programming at 16. Like uh, a lot of people who were in IT started like 16, 17, 19, maybe 15. That's also happened oh a lot. Oh my god. So is it a common situation that uh, people start programming at such a young age? Yep. Not not uh, programming, not learn programming. They already learn programming and they start their first yeah. jobs. Uh, well, uh, a lot of time uh, people who are starting this young, starting from startups. So mm-hmm. let's put it this way. That's not the first thing that made them money, but uh, there's a people who started from 14 years old having quality experience on the field. So mm-hmm. like they get to the startup uh, environment uh, fairly young, age 14, 15, 16. And then within a couple of years, they got a job or sometimes they got a job right immediately. Uh, how to put it? There was always uh, young people, some amount of young people who start fairly early working and working in the, uh, you know, not in the manner of uh just mechanical work, but uh, intellectual work. And there's in every other country, in every other society that people are exist. But mm-hmm. in Armenia, uh, back when I was starting, there was, there is still, it's a middle-income country. It became middle-income country in the last two years. But before that, it was uh, just, if you want to live good, you need to work uh and you want to get it without any connections, without any, like, you're not, you're obviously not the best one on your field because you're just starting and you want to make good money. Mm-hmm. In Armenia, back then, the way to do it is to work for outside work. And the only thing you can work for outside work back then was an IT software engineering. There mm-hmm. was nowadays you have like designers, UI, UX, interior design architects who work for uh, external markets, not in Armenia. Back mm-hmm. then, that, that was only software engineering. So people who are uh, that, uh, I don't know how, percentage of people who started for Leon almost always start on software engineering. So that's got hyper-concentrated con- on that. So mm-hmm. that's why in other societies, countries who have more diverse situation with the job market, there was also people who start young age, but they like kind of blending into all the jobs. And for us, it's just mm-hmm. software engineering because if you're inter- you have entrepreneurship kind of mind and you're good at math, there's like one path, just uh, literally one path, software engineering. Uh, but, but how, where can you find uh, skills? Uh, knowledge and education to start a job when uh, so, so. when you learn in school or do you learn uh, in school? Uh, from school, I, I didn't get any uh, programming classes or something like that. We have informatics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think the name was informatics, but it's it wasn't. It's just general knowledge how to use a computer. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so state education wasn't really the case. It's usually the TUMO. TUMO helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And before TUMO, it was relatives and courses that got shared to the people. So somebody learned with 
these YouTube videos or these courses and he started to sharing with everybody. Yeah, learn this, you're going to earn uh, three times more than like you earn right now or you're going to earn the same money that your father earns. And that's that was a good motivation and people start to learn with that because yeah. uh, you see the guy you know who already make the money, who already learned. So you'd see that it is possible to learn on your own and he shows how to do that and you have a great incentive to do that. So people learned mostly on their own. Then Tomo came, but Tomo was for young people and they, then startup incubators came. A lot of people mm-hmm. learn and get into programming just because their friends get to that and they just into the environment of that. So, okay, you got your first job in, in school days. And what was uh, next? Uh, you graduate from school and you continue your career, your job? Oh, funny thing. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say I'm the big expert of the Armenian market because I have exactly uh, three companies uh, outside of my... Uh, I have some experience in... Uh, resourcing, uh, freelancing. Mm-hmm. But uh, apart from that, I worked exactly in three companies. The first company I mentioned I joined, I left it because I need to catch up with my school knowledge and study additionally to get to university. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Armenia. It, it, back then, if you get to university, you kind of uh, get four years more without army. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's really a big issue in Armenia because uh, uh, even even now well, back then it was more prevalent that uh, this, uh, you can't really out and say I don't want to join to army yeah mm-hmm. so a lot of people who get to this uh, university and especially if you look the uh, the statistic back then uh, most of free places are handled by men. Not mm-hmm. because men are smarter than women, but because men have way greater motivation to not go to army and they learn way harder to get uh, to the university. Because, yeah, for girls, it's like most of the people who get to university, it's like back then, the most expensive place, uh, state universities, most expensive uh, classes was like uh, $1,000, $1,200 a year. So mm-hmm. it's it's really handleable back then. Even kids working, uh, it's not all the kids, it's all the 18 years old working on their own in their job. It's really handleable. So you really want to get to the free education because it's, it's free. But mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't uh, that great of motivation to avoid paying for education than for uh, uh, boys to not go to army for next four years. But if you ask anybody, uh, they're going to say, yeah, I'm, well, I want to study. I came here to study. Nobody say I came here to avoid army. <laughs> yeah, I have the same story. Yep. I understand it. Uh, so I get uh, to the university for free. That was robotics. I back then I knew I will not get to the IT. Mm-hmm. So by major, actually not an IT. It's near, so it's math, it's physics, it's uh, precise science, but it's not IT because IT has way higher uh, competition into getting mm-hmm. to free place and you need almost almost perfect scores like it's 20 points each uh, each exam mm-hmm. and you need to get a f- like 
38 from both of exams to get to the IT. For me, it's like 32 was entry mm-hmm. point. You, you don't know the entry point back then. You just can look at the previous year's exam results to uh, understand what is going to be. So for me, it's 32 and I got 33 and a half and I got to the university. I think uh, I was the last one from the list to get uh, free education. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, as I understand, the university degree is not a popular way to start your career in IT. Oh, not at all. I, I think <laughs> you're going to understand me good. University degree is usually not the way to start any career because most yeah. of people... <laughs> who learn in state uh, uh, universities in the... Well, there is a good state university, so really teach a lot of stuff, but um, main uh, university graduate population do something else, mm-hmm. not their uh, not their specialty. And I started before that. And one of the part, my way of thinking was uh, when I was 18, so you're a maximalist, you think a lot of about you. I was thinking, yeah, uh, uh, professors from my university will not teach me IT, so that is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better to go to somewhere else that I can at least learn something. I will not use it, but at least it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the reason you get into thinking like that, it's it's a newer profession, so specialists are bad because in Armenia education is not it's not the place uh, most of the good specialists go. The state education, I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, you. I'm not gonna speak about nowadays, but back in my days, you can't get a good English teacher. There's a lot of good Russian teachers or mm-hmm. uh, math teachers because math was always math. And we have a lot of people who came from Soviet Union education who are old, but still in their bright mind and they teach us a lot. But English was something that was fairly new and mm-hmm. we don't have good specialists. And even with my back then bad English, it was very like uh, I'd say A1, A2 level, you still understand that your teacher don't know anything and my way of thinking is was yeah maybe it specialist in the university was this bad it wasn't the case and but after that i get to know some of the people personally and it wasn't the case but that's the way i thought i thought i don't want to go to it as my mm-hmm. major because i will not learn anything and i get frustrated because people who try to teach me know less than me mm-hmm. so instead of that you start work in it and yep, yep. studying in university at the same time. Yep. Uh, my first half a year of university goes into freelancing. I have a lot of... Well, I get to high school that is um, very competitive. So uh, when I get to university and when most of people from my high school get to university, they stop just stop completely learning because most of the time the first year of university, we already know the course because we learned that in the mm-hmm. school and we learned way more into depth than they do that in the university. So for me, it's like uh, 80% of stuff that uh, is given me to learn was, I just knew that already. And another 20% is just like way too easy. So you kind of mm-hmm. learn, you open your textbooks or whatever you use for learning once a month or <laughs> like that. 
So I have a lot of free time and I was very, very, very lazy. So I do, instead of finding a real job, I do some kind of freelancing. And it's not a bad idea to do freelancing back then, but uh, I wasn't doing it uh, consistently. So I was doing it when I need money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a half year passed. It's funny, my second job was all, uh, also a relative connection and I didn't apply for a job. Uh, my, uh, uh, at that moment, a uh, future employee just calls me, hey, so I know you're free, kind of, and you're in the university, so do you want a job? And I was like, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wasn't searching it. Okay. Uh, and and then I get the job, I get the interview, and it was real interview, uh, despite the fact I knew the guy who was uh, employing me. It was a real deal interview. I passed it, and I start working quite immediately, and that was a full-time job. Despite university, a lot of people start stop to go to university from like a third course it's like very prevalent that most of the time you see two or three people there and usually uh, especially in the precise uh, science field in the state university two or three people you see all the time in university wasn't the people who are gonna make be a good specialist those okay. just people who get, got nothing else to do usually it's that the case and uh, uh, how to say, lecturers, uh, professors are very supportive of that, but not in the first course. First mm-hmm. two courses, mm-hmm. uh, they expect you to be there 90% of time. So I have a fair hard time dealing with that, my absences. But yep, at the end of the day, I passed that. I, I didn't actually graduate. <laughs> I graduated, I got kicked off the university and that that's really in Armenian state university there's two things uh, that's hard second is getting there for free and mm-hmm. first is getting kicked out there of there and <laughs> i successfully completed both <laughs> so i get my final exams but i didn't get my diploma work so i got mm-hmm. fired with uh, you need to do the diploma work some on the next academic year Mm -hmm. status. So I didn't need to go to classes, but I finished my university two years after I had my grad exams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have fairly hard high score. I didn't get my diploma. I didn't take the exact paper. It's somewhere in the archives, but I got (laughs) it. So I finished. I'm graduate. I'm officially have a bachelor education. I finished it. I didn't get the paper and the thing uh, sometimes get a note. I don't know if it's read or not. In <laughs> in, uh, uh, I think uh, in Russia it's also the case in all post-Soviet Union countries. Uh, if you have a red diploma, that means you have perfect or almost perfect score. If you have blue yes. one, you have like average one. And because my my exam points are very high and everything else, I have high grades. Uh, I don't really know if that was high enough to get red diploma or the regular one. So I still to this day I don't know if I get red one or not. Uh, if you don't know, you can <laughs> say uh, from the day you can say you have a red diploma. Nobody knows. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Even myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
back then when COVID started, I was on my last year of university. So I got to do something for the army and it's like a very, very time consuming. And COVID just started. So my uh, former employee didn't have a new project for me. I finished the old one and that wasn't the COVID time when IT is thriving. That was the very beginning of COVID when business yeah. processes are messed mm-hmm. and you just, just, uh, so he had a hard time finding new project for his employees and I want to leave. So we got to a mutual agreement and I mm-hmm. left my second job with a new mutual agreement. It's funny because uh, first two jobs I left, I left within a day. So from the point I decided to left to the point I got to leave my job well, was literally a day or two past. <laughs> that's but, quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's very quick. It was never like an argue or just straight up firing. It was mm-hmm. always like mutual, uh, like just have to happen the good way. Um, so that's how I uh, finished my second job. And third job I get from uh, my colleagues and friends from the second job. They got to the IPAM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, actually, when they joined my second job, they joined us uh, junior developers. So that was their first job. And uh, I was assigned them to help. <laughs> and then they asked me to join to the IPAM and join there as a middle developer. And they go, yeah, you can get a senior position. They pay good and so uh, sort of stuff, but the thing that got me is the tour. They did a quick tour for me in the IPAM, mm-hmm. and it was Elite Plaza in Armenia. It's very central location, and now uh, it's it's almost the very center of the city, and it's the building that have a lot of uh, government related finance stuff, and uh, central bank is next the building next to it. Uh, uh, I'll say. Not the customs service, the taxation service is building uh, rights to it. So, like, there's yeah. uh, five, six buildings, and uh, uh, every finance aspect aspect mm-hmm. of the country is centered there. So, in theory, if I want to, and I was, I am not really that communicative person, but if mm-hmm. I want to, and I have communication still, I can get to know, like, almost, like in at least one person in every that field and like mm-hmm. know all the insights, all, almost all the insights. You you can do that because they work and kind of have their lunches and socialized and they're just physically Whoa. there. <laughs> yep. yep. And I think I don't need to tell. Uh, I don't know how much Armenians will watch this, but Armenia is a very, very safe country. There is like, 13 lowest place Yerevan for violative crimes, mm-hmm. but that doesn't count pickpocketing. And it's not like very common thing. It's not touristic location. It's very, but it's, I think it's average. Uh, but uh, for Edith Plaza, I have a lot of times uh, when you got there, you see the open door and you can take like hundreds of thousands technic of uh, mm-hmm. dollars of hardware cost and you just can take something up your chin and walk away and nobody will, will think that you're stealing it because it's, it's never yeah. happened to at least in the, that building. So we got a bit off top. So my friends yeah. did a tour of me and 
invitation. I already had the uh, invite from the recruiter, so I got the position of senior software engineer back then. I'm still a senior software engineer, uh, mainly because I'm too lazy to upgrade my position and the other stuff. <laughs> um, yep. So I'd say... You're... You're still mm-hmm. young. You're still in the beginning of yep. your career. So yep. don't be in such a hurry. Sir, so, I wouldn't say, uh, well, to go to the process of getting uh, better positions uh, in NIPAM, uh, you need to pass some sort of exams. Mm-hmm. And I was really good at cheating at exams, but really bad at passing them. So <laughs> I'd say my skills uh, really grew not that fast that other people who really try hard, but it's grew last two and a half years uh, more than before that, be- my other two jobs. But I really just didn't get the, you know, the title. Hey. So I think you so. will get it. You will yeah. get it. Uh, uh, One day you will let's get say, it. I can get it like within two, three months if I am <laughs> not mm-hmm. uh, lazy enough. Uh, and uh, I, I like to say, like, I have eight years of experience, but it's more like comparable to an average five years of experience because uh, my first two jobs was small uh, startup companies, sorry, small, small outsource companies. Mm-hmm. So uh, the processes or the business processes of, I mean, software development lifecycle are messed up. The project itself, usually you need to get something done and nobody cares about optimization, the security and sort of that stuff. And uh, tasks, there's no Scrum, there's no Agile, there's uh, ASAP, (laughs) just kind of thing. So that wasn't the best quality of my experience. My first job is completely that way. My second job, the company actually grew into doing some better stuff. So I get some quality experience there, but not at first. And yeah, Daypam is like the best place I've worked from the point of um, management and software development life cycles done. But uh, people have very different experience in Epam. There's good projects, there's bad projects, and there's mm-hmm. luck. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what can you tell me about the uh, Armenian IT industry in general? How can you see it? Mm. So, what does uh, it look like? Right now, it looks like uh, from the perspective of oh, I'm an IPAM employee and I see some stuff happening in other uh, post-Soviet Union countries and Eastern European countries. Uh, from this perspective, uh, when I watch, I see, yeah, uh, post-socialist uh, middle-income country average IT right mm-hmm. now. But uh, it wasn't the case like when I started and before that because... Uh, I remember we speak a lot about a lot about Estonia back then. Like this is mm-hmm. ten years before, because we know they are doing some good job in the IT, and that wasn't common thing. We know Estonia have good IT, and Russia have really good digitalization, but mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't a big part of their market. So you say, yeah, in Russia everything is getting digitalized rapidly, but. Russia never mentioned that as a country with prevalent IT because Russia is so big and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. IT is not the first thing that came into mind when you speak Russia because most of people didn't work there back then. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's and before war started, it was very different. Uh, for Armenia, it's like uh, 
first uh, specialty that people speak. It was a poor country, and uh, the only if you find an average man, uh, I'm mentioning an average man in terms of he don't have any connections, he don't have any uh, other stuff going on. He's not a governmental corruptioner, and he's mm-hmm. he have money. It's usually an IT specialist back then. Because yeah. nobody else uh, from software engineers uh, earned that much money to like go to the cafe to have a regular, you know, mm-hmm. just drink coffee. It's 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 always like something you do once in a week or once in a month, and you're too excited. It's not like your average uh, Tuesday for IT mm-hmm. specialists. It was that because they have money, and uh, the way IT get into Armenia is via Armenian diaspora in the US because they and two factors diaspora and second factor actually is that uh, we're good in nature in precise science mm-hmm. and every other post-soviet union country good at it because they they have fairly good education system for that mm-hmm. and a lot of people started learning it because their relatives find uh, jo- uh, jobs for mm-hmm. them there uh, can you tell me more about this armenian diaspora around the world It really mm-hmm. helps uh, people from Yerevan and from our, and our cities in Armenia to find job uh, somewhere else in uh, our countries? Or? Uh, no, not like they help to find us. Th- that wasn't like uh, charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, for, for the America diaspora in the United States, uh, usually diaspora formed way back then from the Armenian genocide years, like 100 years ago, and they mm-hmm. speak a little bit different Armenian. But for the U.S. diaspora, particularly uh, once Soviet U- Union gone, a mm-hmm. lot of Armenians, I mean, a lot of Armenians flew there. So there are fairly recently recent migration of Armenians to U.S. And that mm-hmm. was that for, for the other parts of the world, there's uh, Armenian diaspora who came there fairly earlier, way mm-hmm. earlier, like century ago. And for the US, half half of the people came here like century ago, and another half came like in 90s. So mm-hmm. it's 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 comparable to Brighton Beach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a city in California near North Hollywood uh, named Glendale. And if you don't know Armenian, you live there, you have a harder time than if you don't know English. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's just all Armenian place. So it's California. It's fairly close to the IT center of the world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of projects, small projects, people find, people who came there recently find a job. And they remember they have relatives here or friends here who can work from the part mm-hmm. of that money for them if they knew IT. And they just send courses like, yeah study this, study a bit of English, just a bit of English, and I can get you a job that pays like three times average in your country. And and wow. a lot of people started doing that. And mm-hmm. first they started doing that. And then first people who got their, opened their own outsource company with their connections in there because they work on the project, they get to know mm-hmm. some people. And And that's how it started because a lot of small uh, outsourcing companies, mainly outsourcing code for the US. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, uh, now I'm thinking I'm describing India, but. 
<laughs> it's Armenia as well, but same path. Okay, yeah, it's not but, uh, not only India, not only Armenia. It's uh, yeah, it's one of popular scenarios in our region. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But we got there earlier than other earlier than Georgia. Nowadays, it's mm-hmm. like hard to believe, but we got there like five years earlier than Georgia. We have like a distinguishable IT industry before they started. And mm-hmm. from Latvia, Litva, we're looking after Estonia because they have like 10% of people working in IT industry and we have like uh, three, four and growing rapidly. And uh, from the other countries of the region, you never thought like they will be comparable to us because we started too early. But nowadays they really cashed mm-hmm. up really fast because words get small really fast after digitalization. So. From mm-hmm. 2006, 2008 perspective, it it was really hard to believe that yeah. we're going to be in catching up positions <laughs> for that. Uh, so that's how it started. The unique thing that happened in Armenia, I don't know if it's happened in other countries, I probably assume yes, uh, is like very early young people get into that because, uh, well, some of the very far relative works in IT here three times as much as everybody else and your parents get to know about it and you get to know about it from them and that was never forced but as I said the younger generation of Armenians who wanted who have that thing to want to work fairly early they they, they knew that it's software engineering or nothing like Nothing else will earn you that much of money. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's not about greediness because uh, the difference in money is just good life and life when you don't have ability to have savings. So mm-hmm. it's it's really, it was important. So if you have good life and better life, you will go after your passion. But if you have, mm-hmm. you're in this position, you think twice between when you choose what you really like versus choosing something that you're good at and you can do. So, as I see, you have uh, Armenian industry have a lot of small outsource companies and maybe startups, maybe big uh, big international companies. I was getting there. So, from uh, uh, when uh, I was telling us Individuals that have connections in US and get mm-hmm. projects 2006 and eight. Uh, back then, then small outsource companies, it's 2010, 2012, mm-hmm. like that. Uh, 2012, 2014, IT industry got young, really young, because like I'm maybe speculating, but uh, back then the average guy who can code on the level of employee was underage. The average year was like not 18, but younger. Uh, that, that might be the case. So, yeah. And when there was a lot of people who doesn't necessarily have a job, but because they thought that they can very high paid job, they learned software engineering. Mm-hmm. The IT industry got into a lot of startup culture. So there's back then I can't remember because that that was the lot of small startup initiatives. But nowadays there is a SSS with Fast Foundation, Startup House, a couple other else big startup scenes that you can get uh, investors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
2012-2014, the year when startup boom, because there was a lot of young people with enter entrepreneurship in their minds. Sorry, I'm messing up the word. Uh, that get the skills, didn't have mm -hmm. the job, give, get somewhat good understanding what the industry and digitalization need, and not you. So they just start gathering up and and they don't understand how to get the jobs other than knowing uh, someone. So they just, they had better understanding how to be startupers than just regular employees. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, so startup industry start booming here. And that was actually the way of getting jobs more, more of a, so people get to know other people and they get a job. So, there was not a lot of Armenian startups, quality startups that I can mention nowadays. It's like Pixar, Got Big, Service Titan, Get Big. The other thing is uh, uh, Wirestock, Get Big. And there's mm -hmm. like a handful, I think, companies that uh, get like um, past the barrier of $10 million of in capitalization. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of small startups that uh, might just die like within a days because all the people who are working in it got employed in some in good positions. So that that's mm -hmm. that was the way of uh, Armenian startup. And but other than that, uh, we have pretty good uh, gathering up culture. Like starting from two thousand seven, there was a bar camp, and after COVID, it got hit pretty hard. But uh, right before the COVID years, we have people from AWS. So get in mind, it's like 2018. Mm -hmm. So AWS wasn't wasn't that big back then. And now it's, it was still a huge thing, but wasn't a mandatory thing that, that every other IT specialist needs to be familiar with. And the people who are worked on the infrastructure itself so people from Amazon that work on AWS came here to do a pitch and people from Facebook the other year, I don't remember that was a year earlier or not, 2017, 2018, came here to have a speech, how they built the React. So it was like that's like first people of the industry in Armenia mm -hmm. uh, talking with Armenian uh, IT community and in the bar camp. And the bar camp started in 2007 and now we have uh, GSCon uh, and lot of lot of other. I'd say in summer when everything is activated in summer slash uh, autumn, uh, like every month you get at least two big uh, IT related events in Armenia. Wow! Y you will never knew about them if you're not inside the uh, uh -huh. inside it, but you get that. So if you want to train your and public speech abilities and you're fairly a good specialist or ready to hard work to learn some something specific in the deep uh, uh, you can like do that within one season have mm -hmm. like five six places you can open mic it or you do your speech well mm -hmm. and what is the biggest part of community what's uh, the is it back-enders? Is it front-end developers? Is it uh, IT entrepreneurs? Mm. Or it, it's, data it's really hard maybe? to say. <laughs> uh, I think the biggest part of, like, uh, it's not entrepreneurs for sure. Uh, 
from my eyes, I see because part is JavaScript related work, mm-hmm. but I'm a JavaScript engineer uh, on myself, so that's kind of bias. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. It's really, yeah, yeah, despair. M- most of the people are, uh, let's put it this way, uh, software engineers. Like mm-hmm. 80% of them are software engineers. The other 20 is uh, related people, like really, really related, like automation, testing, and entrepreneurship who get into the more managerial positions or mm-hmm. doing their own company, but they started as software engineers. Uh, most of the people in the community is like that. But in the industry, when Armenians say like 9% of the people, so it's a big mm-hmm. percentage of Armenians work in ID industry. That's not always software engineering. That's also UI UX design, some other stuff, some managerial positions, some major positions in the ID industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, we got to the close to the Estonians markets, but I think nowadays like Georgia got to that and uh, Lithuania, I think got to that point and Estonia is like 20% rocking. And mm-hmm. I think Russia is, uh, although Russia is very big, it was close to that numbers before yeah. the... Yeah, yeah. It, it was before. Uh, and, the, and what is the most popular... So, as a JavaScript developer, you say that JavaScript is the most popular language among uh, Armenian developers. Yep. <laughs> okay, yep. I should... I, I think it's most popular language around the world. One of the most popular, like, I mm-hmm. I think it's top five. Mm-hmm. So, I noticed Python getting really big recently, but yeah, that wasn't... I don't think it's enough, because in other countries, in more... When there's good general IT education... They learn into Python, while in our universities, people who learned, learned Pascal, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with that, Pascal, Turbo Pascal, it's something from uh, dinosaur age, like 70s, 80s, and you learn on that on 2010, and like, yeah, let, let just let it die. It, it, it has it, a fair bit of time. Now we need to let Pascal die, Turbo Pascal die. Let I'm so play. sorry yeah. if some people work still work on the Pascal and they get offended, but yeah, it, it's old. It's it mm-hmm. it wasn't bad back then when it's invented, and you're not bad working on it. But let just let it die. Yeah, forgive us, <laughs> <laughs> Turbo Pascal developers. But yeah, what is the most popular way to build a career in Armenia? So I see you should start early, really, really early in school days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You should work in a, in a in a small startup or in a small uh, outsource company. What's next uh, for you? So, uh, you should have some relative uh, that can offer you a job, or you should go to the startup events. Doesn't necessarily to be inside some startup, but mm-hmm. if you go to startup related events, you either got into startup first mm-hmm. two or three times you go there, you got into startup or. Or uh, if you're in the startup, you got somebody offering you a job. Or if you make your mind, you just offer yourself to a lot of people you speak with being a startup person. Mm-hmm. And the, the difference is uh, because, let's say, I'm working for the startup with my friends half a year. 
And I'm working really hard because at first I believed that we can build something that will uh, change the world. And that's the way most of the people think because they know how to code and they're 16. That that's pretty much enough <laughs> to think that you're going to build something. And most of them are wrong, but some of them are right. And that's, that's more than enough to try. Uh, but then half a year passed. You build a really good quality technical product, but uh, it became obvious that you're all good at te technical part of it, but you don't understand how to make business. And now, within your experience, you understand that this is not going to be something uh, that will change the world. This this is going to be a good product that nobody needs. <laughs> and that happens a lot because... Uh, startup community back then was really technically shifted because a lot of people can build a lot of a good product. Mm -hmm. I can compare it with, I don't know, uh, like the first product I see like revolutionized the world uh, was PayPal and we we're like, yeah, internet banking and that was mm -hmm. a big thing. Well, we don't feel like it's a big thing in our places because we get same internet banking fairly early, but Till this day, it's like the edge of the fintech technology in the US, the mm -hmm. PayPal. And that was big, we're watching. But also we know that it's like very bad technical product. Like, like uh, yeah, I, I don't want my enemy to work on that kind of bad technical product is PayPal. <laughs> very bad. So we knew we can make something that 100 times is better, but we can't can't make the business, mm -hmm, we can make mm -hmm. product itself. So a lot of people make products and then they get to know, get to pitch their products and then they understand that it's not going to nowhere and then they start searching for a job. And because they have a lot of connections from the investor's perspective, from the other business perspective, they got to ask, hey, do you got a job for us? And those people know. Although they mm -hmm. worked half a year, their experience is very valuable. And I seen the people who are never worked in their life worked on the startup to like one or two, it's more like two or three years and get their first job as a senior software engineer or some people go straight up to the leader positions. And mm -hmm. that's the first job that get, get paid and they're already leading a small team because okay. of my my experience was a bit different so that's why i say it's not that quality of experience because yeah half a year in startup uh, versus half a year on small so software outsourcing companies very different experiences yes so, so i usually the... go there as uh, someone who watch rather someone who participate mm -hmm. and what is the average age of a senior software developer in armenia Oh, I, I didn't know. I know that the right co uh, question will be, what is senior software engineer in Armenia? And the answer uh, is still, I don't know. <laughs> it's very hard to find when you're senior or not. Back in the days when I was an IT journalist, we have a meme that uh, it called 23-year-old senior. And Possible. it's... Uh, and I was it, uh, yeah, and it was equals like a fake senior. So mm -hmm. a lot of people told that it's impossible to become a senior in such a young age. Well, and, I was twenty three years old, and I passed uh, EPAMS related exams, which are I wouldn't say they are like hard, 
but the process itself is very deterministically defines whatever you're senior or not. And I passed that in OS 23 when I passed that, 22 when I passed that. And I, I, I'm, I'm kind of average. Yeah, yeah. It, it was back in the days. And now, as I see, 23 years old, it's almost an age for retirement. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I had everything I want. <laughs> It happens, happens. A lot of times, uh, I've seen in myself, in other people, when they're like, yeah, I because I started too early, I sometimes I understand stuff intuitively, and that really drives your motivation to really learn something. What money do can you earn in such a young age? Say, you'll start work in 15 years old. Uh, what money will you get? Mm. I started working at uh, 16. My first job was paid, mm-hmm. let's say. It's a very much, it's a part-time job. Uh, advertised to me and being a part-time job, if it was full-time job, I will earn the every, average salary for Armenia. And that yeah. was, I was first uh, half a year. And after that, I earned more than my father earned being in a part-time job. <laughs> Sounds great <laughs> yep. for a young star developer. Yep. Yeah, and, it was uh, really milestone. Mm-hmm. Mm. And do you know the average salary for, say, middle JavaScript developer in Armenia? The, oh. the average number, which is the okay. When you're looking uh, for a job, you see that number. It, oh, that's okay. It's okay so, for me. I don't know who watched this. Let me answer back then when I knew. When I finished my second job and I was joining to EPAM, I, I got interviewed like 15 times, not 15, mm-hmm. 50 times, 50 different companies. I got mm-hmm. offers. I uh, I myself had to name a number that I wanted. So I knew very good what was back then. And from the, my experience of working of big company and having a lot of friends working in other big Armenian companies, I know that right now they don't know the number because drum costs thirty percent more compared mm-hmm. to dollar than it costs like uh, one year ago. So mm-hmm. compared to people believe that it will jump up back then or go even further, uh, very different numbers can be named. But back then, average middle developer with two to three years experience can get. Uh, one point twelve hundred dollars on average. Back then, the average salary in Armenia was five hundred dollars months in Yerevan. Sorry, not in Armenia. So it's like more than two, like almost two and a half times compared to the the five hundred dollars. Yes, it's a difference between yeah, I got some saving, and uh, no, I don't watch at the prices at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of difference. Yeah. And the developers community, is it located uh, almost in Yerevan or is it spread out around the country? Oh, here, actually in Ipam, we're trying to go to the smaller places in Armenia, like uh, Ipam have an office in Gyumri and I know in Gyumri there's some stuff going on, but not -hmm. comparable. Uh, Really bear in mind that Yerevan is the biggest city in Armenia, and right now it has uh, agglomeration and one and a half million people out of three million people in Armenia. And the mm-hmm. second city 
is Gyeongri, which is on number have uh, 115,000 people, uh, have mm-hmm. half of that, yeah. in fact, at its second city. So mm-hmm. one and a half million agglomeration, 100,000 at the best agglomeration. Mm-hmm. So it, really hard to compare. Mm-hmm. So everything uh, uh, related to the any industry in Armenia, if it's going on, it's going on in Yerevan. It's Isn't it popular to to get a, a remote job with such a decent money, uh, buy a, a house somewhere in the mountains and live a perfect, beautiful life? <laughs> oh, I've seen a lot of Russians who came here go to Yerevan. No, no, I don't like it. Go to some villages or some mm-hmm. uh, really small cities and live there. But I don't know. For some reason, Armenians don't do that. Okay. I've seen a lot of relevants who came here like, and they're like, yeah, I don't like big city, although they came from the big city. I want to live uh, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a second thing that is, uh, made me amazed because uh, the average uh, Belarusian and Rus- Belarusian or Russian, those are main main two places where people came to Armenia in their mess. There are some Ukrainians, but it's really hard to compare. A lot mm-hmm. of those people seen in Armenia way a lot, way more stuff than we do. And most <laughs> of the time, people from Yerevan, I mean, they've been in Italy, but they've never been in the city nearby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's interesting. Yeah. So, so what plans do you have for your future? To stay in Armenia or to travel the world, to work in IT or maybe to get an early retirement and uh, try something different? Uh, early retirement is a great idea. If I I never thought, I mean, I'm not in the point to fantasize about uh, theorize about getting early retired, but mm-hmm. yep, uh, I would like to get early retired, but that's just, I, I will start, uh, still be in the IT community and try to do something, but it's better when you like don't need to. You're doing it, uh, and uh, in my current position, Ipam, I like that a lot. But uh, in plans leaving Armenia, well, actually, I tried to leave Armenia since I was 14, but and I get to, I want to leave it to go to Germany, to Europe. I get to see Germany this mm-hmm. year, and uh, first time I get to Europe was last year as a tourist, and I'm really glad I didn't. I, I really don't live, want to live anywhere else. I really liked it. Italy. I really didn't like Germany. I I don't understand Germany. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, people, sociologists uh, like to say, I don't know if you're really familiar, that mentality is a concept and it's not exist. But mm-hmm. if you go to Italy and right away to go to Germany, you see like it's mm-hmm. very existing thing and people are very different. Yeah. I'd say Italians is like uh, not they're not drunk, but they act like they they're always in joy, and Germans act like they they're always in serious. But once a month they get cocaine. So you like your life in Armenia? And, yep, uh, and more I see the world, more I was like, yep, I was. It's objectively not the best place to live, but subjectively it's the best place. To where best place to live for me let's put it that way great great david thank you
I think I asked everything I wanted to ask right now. <laughs> Thank you too. It is uh, very joyful two hours or one hour. 